counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hi and welcome back. And if this is your first time here, it's really great that you found us. I hope that you're okay. Now, I'm going to be talking about something a bit different today. And to be honest, I feel a little bit anxious because I'm going to be sharing a little bit about myself, which I don't tend to do. And to be honest, I'm a little bit worried that I might come across as self-indulgent, which which isn't really like me. But I want to share with you something that's happening for me because I know that I'm not alone in this. So this week, I want to talk a little bit about running a business when you struggle with mental health issues. So like I say, I'm not really very good at talking about myself, so I'm not going to share my whole story. But a little, you know, a little short version. When I was a baby, for some reason, my mother gave me away. I don't really know why exactly. I was given to a couple for them to raise me as their own. So I first experienced trauma as a newborn. But this wasn't a happy ever after story. So my adoptive mother had mental health issues and my adopted father was absent and critical. And I think I had depression from a very young age. Now, as I say, I'm not going to share my whole story because I suppose it's for my own personal disclosure reasons. You know, I'm quite a private person, but I really wanted to just say that I was no stranger to trauma. But about five years ago, I found out something that I'd never been told about. And this literally turned my whole world upside down. Everything started to make sense and my whole life seemed to just unravel in front of me. And I've had a really tough five years actually trying to make sense of my life. Something good about it is I gave up drinking. So five years ago, I stopped drinking because I had, I used to rely on on alcohol, I think, from, from again, quite a young age. So yeah, for five years, I was trying to make sense of my life. For me and also for many other people, adoption really is it's gaslighting on an epic scale. Now, I've recently started therapy with an adoption counsellor. And although it's early days, just knowing that they understand the complexities of adoption is really making a huge difference to me. And, you know, which is, again, why having a niche is so important as it helps you to form the therapeutic relationship with your clients. I'm experiencing this for the first time in my therapy. And I've been to therapy. I first started going to therapy when I was in my early 20s. And this is the first time I've really experienced it. And the difference is actually breathtaking. So, you know, just put that in there for you. So right now, I'm finding my work a real struggle. Now, I've always loved what I do. I've always been passionate about what I do. I can think of loads of different ways that I can help people. And yeah, so I love what I do. But having a low mood or or even severe anxiety isn't something that's new to me. This is just a part of me. It's a part of my life. 
But the things that I usually do to manage these things, you know, to manage my mood or to manage my anxiety, just don't seem to be working at the moment. It's like a dense brain fog has kind of descended upon me and I just can't think properly. So for example, this week I started writing, I started writing four different podcast episodes, but I didn't finish any of them because my brain was just mush. I, it, was, it was almost like I couldn't put one word in front of it. Does that sound familiar to you? Have you ever felt like that? If you have, then I'm sorry that you felt like that, but I think, you know, I think I think a lot of people can feel like that. So maybe you struggle with low mood, maybe you struggle with depression or anxiety or some other mental health challenge, or maybe you're going through the menopause or the perimenopause and you've got brain fog too. Well, I wish I had an answer. I wish I could just tell you to do this thing. But, you know, you're a therapist, so you know that it's really frustrating isn't it? That that's not the way it works. I don't have the answer any more than you do. So I want to remind you that you are human first and counsellor second. Your needs, your wellness and your self-care come first always. So I know that as a counsellor, you've got a tendency to put other people's needs first. I know that as a counsellor, you'll tend to not want to let your clients down. If you need a break, if you need to do something to look after yourself, that has to come first, okay? I want to say, really, I want to remind you that you can still be a successful therapist completely. I know many therapists that battle with their own mental health. But the thing is, you have to be really honest with yourself about, you know, both about how you're feeling and about what you need in order to look after yourself. Because when you know what you need, you can put those things in place. You can put those boundaries in place. You can feel, you know, you can ask around about what you need. You can you can look into it, but you need to know first about what's going on for you. And so, yes, you do have to be really honest with yourself. So here are just five little things that I thought you might want to consider. None of these are new. You already know them, but it's just a reminder, really. The first one is about talking to people. Now, I know it's basic. I know we all talk about the benefits of talking to people. But look, I'm rubbish at talking about myself. I'm just rubbish at asking for help. You know, it's a part of my own history, unfortunately, in my past me asking for help just wasn't a thing. So, you know, if you ask me how I am, chances are I'll tell you that I'm fine, even if I'm hanging on by thread. So, you know, does that sound a bit like you? So it's about taking that step, taking that uncomfortable step to make a change. And today I actually called my friend to ask for help. And this morning I was just feeling absolutely crap. And I actually phoned my friend and said, look, I'm, I'm really not feeling good. And just being able to do that, just actually doing that is a huge thing for me. And it's left me feeling, it's left me not feeling so alone. I tend to feel alone a lot of the time. And it made me think, well, you know, maybe I'm not alone. So if you're used to being the strong one, or if you worry that you'll be a burden, I get it. I really, really do. But we know talking helps and it really does. I know it, you know it, but do you actually do it? So if this sounds like you, 
Look, I want to challenge you. My challenge to you is to reach out. You don't have to tell them everything about what's happening for you. Just, you know, you don't have to share all your secrets with everybody. I haven't shared everything with you here today, but just reach out. Give somebody a chance to be a friend to you. And the second thing is, and again, you know, like I say, none of these things are, you know, groundbreaking, but maybe it's time to invest in your own therapy if you're not already. Therapy works. So invest in your own personal therapy. You deserve it. You know, you deserve getting the help that you need so that you can carry on with the rest of your life feeling a bit better about yourself. And next, I'd say talk to your supervisor. Now, this can depend on the type of supervisor you have. Some supervisors are more, you'll feel more able to open up than with other supervisors. So my very first supervisor, there was absolutely no way on earth I would ever talk to them. I would never open up to them. Didn't feel safe. But my second supervisor was lovely, really, really nice. You know, remember your supervisor's there to help you. You pay them to help you. So reach out to them, tell them how you're feeling and see if you can get some support from them. And then number four, I want to really recommend that you pair back on your work. Now, when you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed, there really is no place for piling guilt on yourself. And this is what happens with me. You know, I'm thinking, oh my God, I've got I've got so much to do. You know this, we all have the same thing. We all have a to-do list that's too long. So, you know, it's there's no point feeling guilty for doing the things that are just that just feel impossible to do at the moment. So if you need to give yourself permission to only do these absolute essentials and let everything else wait. And this is what I've been doing for a while. Now, originally my coach told me to do this. She knew that I was struggling a little bit and she said, look, I want you to not take on anything new or do anything new for the next two months. And her giving me that permission to take my foot off the gas was exactly what I needed. So I'm giving you permission, if you need it, to do the same. So do the bare essentials of what you need to do. Don't take on anything new. And, you know, just try and drop the guilt there. You know, there's there's, guilt's not going to do you any good at all, is it? So just pair back on your work. And the last thing really is just a reminder that, look, things will get better. Things won't always be this hard. But if you allow yourself to meet your own needs, if you allow yourself to look after yourself, to prioritise your own self-care, then the chances are that you're going to be likely to feel much better more quickly. You will get through this. You will. But You can only do this by looking after yourself. You can't bully yourself out of this. You can't bully yourself into feeling better. You can't tell yourself that you're stupid for feeling like this or nobody else feels like this. I'm telling you now, lots and lots of people feel like this. So please keep the faith. Things will get better, but you have to look after yourself. You have to, you have to, you have to, have to extend love to yourself. And that, that's what you need. So yeah, keep the faith. Things will get better, I promise. So that's it really. Look, I hope some of this has made sense to you. I said this was just going to be short. So yeah, it is short and normal service will be resumed before long. But I just want you to know that if you are struggling, 
you're most definitely not alone. You deserve to have all your needs met. We all do. So I'm going to go now and I'm going to send this recording to my editor, Phil, before I chicken out of publishing this. Just a reminder that, you know, we are all different. We all do have our own stories. And let's face it, life is bloody hard. And the last few years of life has been bloody hard. And it's still bloody hard. And we know that things aren't going to get a whole lot better soon. So, you know, please don't tell yourself that you can't do this. Don't tell yourself that you can't be successful because you absolutely can. I believe in you. You can do this. So please take very good care of yourself and I'm off for a nap. (laughs) Take care and I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.